Alright, it's Rock and Roll Death Brigade Podcast with me, Randy Rocket Cody of TheMetalDen.com. It is December 8th, 2022, Thursday. Hope everyone's doing good out there and uh, having yourself a good week so far. Uh, heading towards the weekend here, uh, next couple of days, and hope you all have some good plans with your family, you know, getting out and starting to uh, celebrate the uh, the festivities of the holidays, you know, going out Christmas shopping and whatnot and just spending time together. Now that all the, uh, you know, the, the different uh, restraints that were put on us with COVID have been lifted. So it's, it's time to really celebrate uh, being able to go back out outside and into the public and around other people and get yourself a Christmas tree and whatnot and uh, and just have have a good uh, have a good holiday season all right but uh, before we get rocking with some music I want to talk about some of the uh, latest news that's coming up uh, at my site randyrocketcody.com uh, as well as the latest news stories you'll find at themetalden.com uh, we're gonna go ahead and talk about uh, my latest uh, radio appearance, appearance, which was FM Rock Radio Show WQEE 99.1 with host Ryan O'Neill. We had another great discussion. We talked about my uh, my new report for Dimebag Daryl, which this is today's the 18th anniversary of Dimebag's death as he was uh, shot dead on the stage while performing with his new band projects. After Pantera had uh, broken up, he started a band called Damage Plan, and this was the band he was performing with in uh, Columbus, Ohio, December 8th, 2004, in the evening at the Al Rosa Villa Club. So we're going to play some Pantera music. We're going to uh, dive into more of the, uh, the conspiracy that I've been working on the past several years. I've got some reports out on that that you can find at TheMetalDen.com. Um, gonna touch touch you know a little bit on that and some other things uh, that you can hear a little bit of a snippet from my my new interview on the radio here in this podcast. Okay, um, but I do I do want to let folks know that you will have to pay for the subscription to uh, read the new Dimebag Conspiracy Report at TheMetalDen.com, uh, which is posting today uh, as well. At uh, 3.33 p.m. Central Time here in Texas in honor to, of, of Dimebag Daryl. Now, we um, have some other things going on we'll be talking about. And we, we will be jamming some killer music, including some Pantera. And uh, talking about, uh, you know, some of the things going on. We see all the craziness going on with the new uh, Pantera reformation and these ridiculous tribute shows are playing which the Abbott brothers did not want that was not what what they wanted they wanted to give the fans Pantera and they were never allowed to give them that and that was taken away from the Abbott brothers in my opinion by none other than the vocalist Phil Anselmo so that's what my new report uh, that you can find at TheMetalDen.com today. That's that's what that's all about. It dives into the, as well, the connection with Jill Abbott, her death in 2010 in uh, Oakland, uh, California, where she was found nude and dead along the side of the road. And uh, after telling me, we were friends, we'd known each other in Los Angeles, right at the start of my time beginning, to do the metalden.com site and uh, she helped me out a lot of different times Jill did with getting me into different venues so I could cover shows like at the, the Viper uh, room and uh, different different spots so I was just really appreciative of that she was really cool to me and uh, but she always told me that she had information that she wanted to tell me more she had this uh, relationship uh, she was uh, the, the girlfriend at one time of Phil and Selmo and so we got to know each other, and she, she had some serious things she wanted to talk to me about, but unfortunately she was, I believe, murdered. So this report, even though she has no actual, uh, she's not related, she has no relation to the Abbott brothers in any, any way other than sharing the same last name. Dimebag loved her like a sister. 
from all all accounts of people I've spoken to about about her, and that's a lot of what my investigating was was talking to witnesses, people, family members, uh, people close to her, uh, anybody that I could, um, you know. And I've got links in this report that show you the actual uh, newspaper uh, article online of when this happened, and so you can get more into the the story if you're interested. Uh, they tried to paint her as someone who had just overdosed and it, it was another druggy issue and it's that sort of thing, but that's not the case. Uh, I believe that there's something uh, definitely sinister going on here, and that's what my report dives into. So definitely check that out. Um, this is my last uh, interview that I'll be doing for uh, 2022. If you want to reach me, you want to interview me, you're part of a publication or you're part of a radio show or whatnot, you can always email me, themetalden at gmail.com, to ask me if I'm when I'll be available, okay? Uh, I'm taking off the rest of this, uh, the rest of this year, uh, in terms of uh, you know doing interviews and uh, doing any reports. This this will be so that I can really get uh, ready and prepared for the new year and have have all the concluding reports come out then, and I'll be back on the radio at that point again, and we'll be doing all sorts of cool stuff going into 2023. Okay. All right, well, let's go check, uh, check out uh, some of those latest news stories you'll find at themetaldan.com before we get rocking with some music. Uh, the, latest, uh, the latest story you'll find right now is, uh, is Carcass has announced a 2023 UK-Ireland headliner tour. It's a very uh, uh, small number of days, but that's really cool. you got to check that out. Uh, you've also got a throwback report, The Meldan Presents, Randy Rhodes, 30 Years Gone, A Tribute from the Grave. That was from 10 years ago with uh, guest contributor Bill Lanero, who'd gone out to the site of where Randy Rhodes is buried. And we did a whole report together, and I interviewed him. And really cool stuff, good pictures, and check that out. Uh, we got a report uh, as well with multi-camera fan film video of Pantera's first live performance in over 20 years. Uh, Pantera fan saying Zach is doing the bare minimum. He got a new level riff wrong. So you got God Dethroned has released a uh, new music video. Cold Chamber has been added to Blue Ridge Festival lineup. And Motley Cruz, Rain Man, the strange genius of drummer Tommy Lee. This is a report I had just written that you definitely got to check out. Covers the whole disastrous uh, comeback in North America for Motley Crue before uh, Mick Mars jumped ship. And it goes deeper into all the, I mean, the lunacy, the absolute lunacy going on in Motley Crue right now. And so that's uh, something you definitely want to take a look at. It's good for a laugh, at least. Uh, Mayhem has confirmed Asian tour dates. I've written another report called Phil and Selmo's Mouth for War versus the Abbott Brothers. They always feared me. Okay, Phil. Okay. Motorhead. Bad magic. Seriously bad magic. Details revealed. And I want to check all that out at themetalden.com. As well, you can visit over uh, to randyrocketcody.com. And I'm, I'm going to have some really cool stuff going on in 2023 at my personal site as well. I will have uh, a new update that you can check out there uh, if you want to go over to, to my uh, personal site here. Kind of get you up to speed on what's going on and where I'll be going with things in 2023. I uh, just want to give a shout out to uh, my brother Jay and his family uh, here in Texas. I want to give a shout out to my sister uh, Danny and her husband Gary uh, in Oklahoma. I want to give a shout out, uh, man, to so many different people. To Chris from Nynamia Band, who we've just started working together. And uh, he's joined uh, Team D's Lethal Roster with his band features the drummer from Megadeth, Dirk Verbeeren. 
Now, we've just done an interview together with Chris and I, so definitely check out his interview at TheMetalDan.com. Uh, there's just so many of you. Uh, Troy, thanks so much again for all your support, brother. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at End of Century. And he's just a really cool dude, and thank you so much again for all your support this year and for every year you've been supporting. And I, I know you said it's 10 years or more now, so just so cool to see that I've got fans, uh, you know, and, and, and readers of the, of the site, are dedicated heavy metal fans that are all about, you know, learning the, the latest and getting the, uh, the edge on everybody else because that's what the Metal Den does. Metal Den gives you that edge that you're just not going to get with any other heavy metal site. We're way ahead of everybody else. You can see that with the reporting that we did with the Mick Mars. You know, it, it finally, two weeks we, I had reported all that, dropped that story, and then, and then boom, two weeks later, finally Motley Crue and everybody, they, now, now, okay, now it's true. All right, so I just find it hilarious. But we're gonna we're gonna be dropping some big uh, some big stories coming up. That's all I can tell you. And I can I can certainly say this at this new report at at themelden.com that you can read today. You visit the website today. Uh, Dimebag Daryl, it's it's something else. It's gonna floor you. It's gonna it's gonna really uh, be something that that I think is uh, impactful. And is something that's going to uh, be a be a definite game changer, and hopefully move the needle a bit uh, on people's uh, opinion and of of this uh, story. There's so many people who are on one side or the other, but I'm telling you this: this report is going to smack y'all around, and it's going to wake you up if you're not fully awake yet to actually what is going on. And th this is a very compelling story because of this Jill Abbott who was uh, Dimebag's friend and Phil Anselmo's ex-girlfriend. So check that out and uh, spread the word. And I appreciate everyone who's, uh, you know, sharing my posts all around the place and getting the, getting the word out about themelden.com. And, uh, you know, I see it all over, all over on TikTok and even on Twitter, even though I'm banned on Twitter, I still see posts on Twitter, you know, because guys like Troy who's supporting themelden.com, he's got tons of, I mean, over 70,000 70, plus or something. And he's supporting Mel. He puts up my posts and stuff. So even though I'm banned, my stuff is still getting out there, ladies and gentlemen. So you just cannot stop it. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, it's, it's, it's what it's supposed to be about in terms of, uh, you know, independent thinking and, and, uh, and doing something that's not been done before. And that's what you're finding with the MetalDen.com and my reporting over at RandyRocketCody.com. Uh, we're we're just nailing it, man. Uh, I've got I've got uh, everybody. I think uh, checkmate <laughs> in checkmate right now. I really don't think that there's anybody's going to be able to battle me on this report that I'm posting today about uh, Dimebag and Phil and Selmo and this Jill Abbott. This is very compelling. It's very damning, very damning for Phil and Selmo, and I think it's just going to shock the world as soon as y'all read it. So, uh, thanks again for all your support. Now let's get rocking with some music.
go Navajo Nation and Arizona now across Canada and the British Columbia of A and the Georgia Communication family of radio stations in East Alabama, West Georgia, including right here in the heartbeat of Metro Atlanta, 99.1 FM, WQE, all of the Southern Sports and Talk. Best music on the weekend as well. We are Rhino Radio Penitentiary, and we got the very best programming. We're going to put you guys in lockdown with us this morning because we've got the most dangerous journalist in the business with us. We can thank him off momentarily. Thank you for tuning in to all the brand new listeners. Excellent listeners know what to expect. And to my haters, I got one thing to say to you. Listen up, haters. That's right, I am the man around here, whether they like it or not, worldwide and around the area. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the studios and to the show the most dangerous journalist in the business. The man that's exposed to everything from the Zodiac Killer to what went on with Chris Cornell and everything in between. Let's welcome the one, the only, from Metal Den Online, the one, the only, our good friend Randy Rackett. What's up, Randy? Hey, brother. How you doing? I am doing good on this weird Wednesday morning, and it's the first Wednesday of the month, and we always have you with us. we got a lot of great things to talk about, and even last night, we've already talked about what we might be talking about in January. Can't wait to get into that subject, too. But we're going to talk about Dimebag Daryl, and it's perfect this morning because with the new Pantera reunion out there going on, uh, we're going to talk more about Dimebag conspiracy and, and his, uh, around his death in just a moment. But before we kick that off, we got to get into the music news of the world. Before we talk about Pantera, we got to get our Motley Crue mix up. What's going on with Motley Crue? Uh, well, there's there's quite a bit going on with Motley Crue right now. Uh, you know, everybody's uh, wondering what's going on with uh, the Mick Mars situation. Because now John Karabi, who was the, the ex-Motley Crue singer, has come out and said that he doesn't believe Nikki Six, uh, And it doesn't believe what, what uh, the story that's being sold to us about how Mick was um, replaced in the band by this John Five. Okay? Right. So, you know, Mick is a founding member of the band. Mick is responsible for writing all of these incredibly legendary classic riffs that Motley Crue continues to live off of. Um, and, you know, so a, a lot of fans are, uh, you know, a little bit upset that, that he's not going to be in there. Uh, if, if, if it is the case that he, it doesn't have anything to do with his health, as Nikki's pushing on us, then... That causes a little bit of a problem. You know, the fans aren't going to go, they're not going to buy these tickets like they did the first time around. Um, so that's that's what we're looking at with that. Now, we've also got another rumor that's come out um, that uh, there is a vocalist search going on for replacement, for replacement for Vince Neal. And it's not, nothing's been confirmed, um, but the names that are out there and, and, the, the one who's at the top of the list uh, is Scott Stapp, the ex-Creed singer. Some of the other singers that are being mentioned, um, there's uh, there's a Motley Crue tribute singer um, that they're looking. There's uh, there's a handful of different people that they're looking at. But from what I understand, what I'm being told, I know the Scott Stapp one. Everyone's like, "Whoa, what the?" You know, this story's been blowing up. This is the biggest story in rock and roll right now. It yes, it is. Um, it is, brother, it is. And you know what? I've seen it everywhere. I've seen <laughs> the other metal all magazines online, or I would say dead metal magazines, because that you and I grew up looking at her online and, and blabbermouth and all of them taking this story. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Don't you know where this story originally came from? This guy named Randy Rock and Cody. Yeah, they'll, they'll you know, as, as far as I'm concerned, as long as the story gets lift and gets life. It's the same thing that happened. I didn't get any credit when I put the Tommy uh, Lee getting caught uh, fake drumming. Uh, I just caught that and put it out there. And, uh, but the bottom line is is, is this, is that, um, you know, fans um, aren't happy with Vince Neil. You know, Vince Neil did not hold up his end of the bargain. Uh, 
with these these first 36 shows that they did in North America. I mean, you've got to be kidding me. And and the, and the horrendous performance out of Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee should be be considered considered to be replaced after his behavior. Have this have Tommy uh, Clufitos have him. He was already a replacement at the at the <laughs> same tour anyways. So why did we have to have Tommy coming out and you know and 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 the the whole penis pictures and the, and, the, and and telling the ladies to flash their breasts? I mean, what happened to playing the music? Well, what happened to playing the music is he got caught fake drumming, which goes back to this whole thing. Which was he actually injured with these ribs? Uh, and that story, as as I broke as well. I did get a lot of credit for this one. Was the one that uh, that that him and Vince Neil got into an altercation right. after he called uh, Vince uh, Vince Neil. And so uh, the 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 infighting is legendary with this band. It's it's you know he, he sucker punched Tommy one time. I mean this stuff's all out there. Like you saw on Blabbermouth, my site you can read all yeah, this stuff. Yeah, everywhere, Blabbermouth does know that. Uh, they yeah no blabbermouth's been pretty good about giving me credit the metal den credit and generally most most sites are um sometimes sites will will, will not give you credit to try to look like they're blow, they're the one that blows the story up and that's okay with me because if the story comes back to be wrong then it goes on them right but um but anyhow with with the scott staff back to the scott staff thing real quick scott staff i think why people need to understand why if you don't take him seriously as a candidate for Motley Crue, you probably should because first off, Scott Stapp, Creed is a huge band. Now they have they've been broken up for a little while. They're a huge, huge band. I mean sold fifty million records. He's got like eleven number one singles under his belt. Uh, the guy is a hell of a performer. He's still performing solo. He he just most recently performed at at Bike Fest. Um and so he's still out there doing his thing with his solo, and he's playing some, you know, the Creed classics. Uh, but he actually, his last solo album, he actually worked with Motley Crue producer Mark, Marty Fredrickson. Okay, that's who produced his album. Now, Marty also produced Vince Neil's Tattoos and Tequila solo album. In fact, he wrote that song. So to say that they're not in the same <laughs> circle of circle of influence, whatever the hell you want to call it, within the rock and roll industry of those type of power players, you're you're kidding yourself. They also, I researched and found out that um, 2018 they played a show together, a private show, um, for some charitable type of thing. And they, they both were on the bill together, and there's an actual picture of them together. So, to say that they don't know each other... <laughs> or that he wouldn't fit in the band. Or that he wouldn't, not. that he's not, you know, and when you listen to the stuff that Marty produced on this solo album for Scott, his last time out, a lot of it, he sounds like a younger Vince Neil. He's, yeah. he's got the higher register, he can do it, there's no problem with it. And the guy's, most importantly, is he's clean and sober. We know what he's gone through. Yeah, he's he's gone through a lot of different uh, you know turmoil in his life uh, with with getting all this fame. But he's brought back together. He's showing that with these solo shows. Look, Vince isn't. Before Vince got onto the stadium tour, what did he do to show us that he was in shape after all this talk for two years that he's gonna be in shape? First off, he falls off the stage. Well, first I should say he forgot the lyrics at one point and then blamed it on his voice being gone. Now, that's why the teleprompter had to be brought out for the stadium tour. Look, he's only 61. Come on. What is he, 61, 62? He's not 92. No, no, no. I mean, even Mick Jagger's still running around. Yeah, he's not blind. You know, he's, if and if he needs better, you know, I mean, as far as to be able to, to run around the stage and, like you're saying, and put on a performance... If you've got to have more of these monitors around for you, you know, hanging around so you can see the lyrics, then uh, that's okay. But just having it, just having it in front of you, like the president of the United States. Come on, man! At a rock show, this guy—he's his 
his performance definitely began to regress almost immediately after the first or two, first uh, couple few shows. Now, it was all clouded and everything with all this Tommy Lee stuff and all this craziness with Tommy Lee, and that's where the sabotage comes in. That's where John Karabi says what he's, he has his opinion. My opinion is, and from what I'm being told, is that Mick, think about it, Mick's had enough. Mick was doing this stuff, doing the rock thing before. These guys were snot-nosed punks. Okay, Mick was in other bands before Motley Crue. Was it White Horse? I think was the name of the band. Uh, yeah, he, yeah. Did, he, he's looking at these guys, going, "Are these guys? Are you kidding me?" I think that that's a great, great point. Great point. It's a very great point because those all those those guys are still alive. Mick and them are still alive and watching all this, and they're they're still out. They're they can get out there and perform right now. And they're older. They're older than all of them. So it's pathetic. It's pathetic. Motley Crue has only released two studio albums in the past twenty two years, and only one of those albums featured all four original members. Think about that. The great wow. Motley Crue. I mean, that's not great. That's not a great track record. That's not a great legacy, especially when you you come back out for, uh, you know, uh, another uh, curtain call, if you will. After they said they were a fair, the farewell was they were already done and they were not coming back. They signed some contract that they were serious about this. And they came back after telling us after the scene was postponed twice. After two years of waiting, after telling us, I, I was merciless to these guys in the press for two years towards Vince Neil, specifically to make sure that he did get his butt in shape. And they told us, oh, it was a fat revolutionary device he's using or whatever the hell it is, and all this stuff. Well, he showed up, and, and the bomb, I, I don't know what they're feeding him backstage at these shows, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but... Well, he's apparently trying to kill people at the, at the buffet table. He needs to lay off. He needs to take. He needs. He needs to get back in touch with Jenny Craig. <laughs> get your full. Get your full. But anyways, I I kid, but I kid, I kid. But you know, he didn't hold up his end of the bargain, ladies and gentlemen. So he's he's target practice for me right now. And he's going to be, he will remain that target that, that that's out there, you know, a good 50 yards out that I can see nice and perfectly. It doesn't matter he thinks I can't see him. I still see him. And, and yeah, you can't miss the guy, right? So, I know we're getting busy at the station here. Dude, I got to hire, I got to hire people. Yeah, you need some help. I do need some help, man. A couple years ago. It was no big deal. Now, yeah. Yeah, it's just going to get bigger. We're coming back, bro. Here we go. All right. Welcome back into this edition of the Rhino Radio Penitentiary. Tomorrow, murder in Calweta County. That's the county I'm in. We're going to have Sally Tool. She's going to be speaking with us tomorrow morning about the murder in Calweta County. Also, we'll talk to her a little bit about her, her and her family's appearance on Family Feud. But right now... We're back with the, the family. That's right. The most dangerous, most dangerous journalist in the business. The one, the only, our friend Randy Rocket Cody. Randy, we're going to kick off this Dimebag Daryl conspiracy death. We've been talking about this for a couple of years. We've been talking about that. You got a new report coming out. Uh, actually, tomorrow on the 8th, 
which is the 18th anniversary of Dimebag on stage murder. What is the title of this report and what can the fans out there expect from it? Uh, <clears throat> thank you. Uh, this, uh, t the title for this report is Dimebag Daryl, A Stripper and the Plot to Kill the World's Greatest Guitarist. And so this is, yeah, this is going to be, um, this is kind of going to blend some of the different reports I was doing. I did, I did another report that was at randyrockatcody.com about Jill Abbott. And Jill Abbott, she has no relation to the Abbots, but she was, a, uh, for lack of a better term, she was a groupie of Pantera's back in the day, back in the 90s at the height of their fame. And right. she ended up, she actually, when I say she was a groupie, she was actually, she had, she was a stripper. And in Los Angeles, and she was actually, at one point, uh, she, she was, she had dated Mick Mars from Motley Crue. But she made more money than them because she was a stripper. Yeah, she was, she was a beautiful girl. In fact, she appeared in, uh, as far as I, I understand, and I've, I've looked at the video, she appeared in a couple Motley Crue videos. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. So she was yeah. uh, Jill. Jill was, uh, you know, she was she was in she was kind of just in the rock and roll scene, and she really loved Pantera. So uh, she and I, she and I became friends. Okay, at the time that I created the metal band and was starting to do it in Los Angeles, and I was working the scene, the, the Sunset Strip, real hard, and going out to shows and whatnot. That she helped me get into some shows at the Viper Room. Um. She had she'd given me her uh, her password to get in there and stuff. So she was really cool. And we had really hit it off. And uh, she said I was her favorite metal journalist and stuff. So we kept talking and whatnot. Um, you know, with all the stuff that that has been that's been going on, this dark cloud, if you will, that's that's over this Pantera situation because of what went down between the Abbott brothers and Phil and Selma, the lead singer, which was a bitter feud. You know, really, really played out in, in the media. Um, that's that's stuff that I, I do focus on in this in this report. Uh, this is just a standalone report. There's not going to be multiple parts to it. So it's just just the one. But it's, it's showing you some of the different stuff that I've been talking about already in this case. Right. And so how now I'm I'm bringing Jill Abbott into it uh, because she is a part of this story. Well, she 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 ended up dating Phil and Selma, and uh, uh, yeah, and I found out the dirt. I don't know how I have the the knack for being able to do this, but uh, yeah, I I found out the dirt. Now, beyond the fact that you know she and I were talking, she was going to tell me more about Phil and Selma and this. This situation with with Dimebag being murdered on the stage, and and tell me something that was going to be helpful to to you know to to my reporting. And so, but we never we never got together. She was actually here in Texas at the Speedway, asking me if I wanted to come. Uh, at one point, right when I was just first getting, I was madly in love with my wife. I had just come here to Texas, and so we were. I was just, I was busy with that. And so, uh, but she wanted me to come out and meet her uh, while she was here in Texas. And so we didn't meet up. Uh, I was going to plan to talk to her on the phone, but then the next thing I, I heard, there was a story that came out on Blabbermouth. And I'm looking at the story right now. And the headline they put was, Close friend of late Pantera guitarist found dead in Oakland Hills. This was Christmas of 2010. That this happened so it's been 12 years now so um that you know that she was found jill was found nude um spotted near the entrance to a bike trail um there in 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 that part of california um as i said nude and you know it and, and from what i can see from what i can understand uh, a potential uh homicide victim I can, I can believe that. Okay. Yeah. So, so. Yeah. And so that's, that's the thing is that, you know, uh, you know, Jill, you know, now, you know, now my friend, <laughs> now, now my friend, you know, from the LA scene, 
is is involved i'm involved now because you know because now this happened to her so now why would i stop you know stop reporting on this so no i i people tell me you know you know don't don't keep going on about this well no because we need to find out what what happened to jill i mean that's just that's she deserves that at the, at the very least um so yeah this report ties both those stories together and then the other story we've we've talked about with these reports on Dimebag is is the conspiracy uh oh my god yeah they cut me off that's okay i didn't lose my train of thought um so yeah <laughs> oh my lord, man, yeah. We're in the middle of talking about this situation, Jill and her death uh, 12 years ago, and, and in your long friendship with her and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And this has happened before. This has happened before. And this, I, some of my phone calls I know this have been, when I've talked about her, I have been, uh, I can tell, been being monitored. And the other person I'm talking to starts to, they're they're start to garble up i can't hear them and they can't hear me kind of kind of a thing and uh just like static on the line all of a sudden starts to happen on the tele you know on, on the phone it's like okay so um but yeah in 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 that theory that i put out there with with right. Di with dimebag daryl is that there was a a government assassination plot okay. that was okay. secretly put into place long before you know all of this went down and there were signs and I, I i point to those signs and, and show you in the report that's just writing on the wall for what i'm talking about here which is mk ultra uh government sanctions uh you know assassination of a, of a celebrity uh, and dimebag at this time when he was when he was uh murdered on the stage he was the biggest heavy metal guitar player in the world. I mean, it's not even a it's not even a competition. No, no, you're right. You're true. That's true. He, he was, was bigger than Eddie Van Halen. I mean, he was big, dude. Big. He was. He took what Eddie Van Halen did and tripled it three times as much. He sure he did. And fans loved it. And he was down to earth, and so was Benny. And they were not part of this whole let me be in this whole evil satanic world. They were just a couple of good old boys like to drink beer and play metal. Yeah, exactly. They, 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 they didn't understand. <clears throat> Look, man, let's get real with things. I talk a lot about the occult and people try to tell, you know, Look, this stuff is as real as the, as the day is real right now. And there are covens going on all around. Uh, every city in this in the United States of America and and all the countries all around the world all 195 of them and they all serve one person okay and that person is Lucifer and that's the facts and when you are in that environment it's the it's like being in a much larger mafia and anybody who knows how the mafia works and and, and I know I'm an expert on the subject the mafia is it's secret society stuff man if you screw anything up if you let the cat out of the bag if you if you hell in the mafia if you look at somebody wrong and disrespect somebody in a, in a club or something that's a, that's a made member you could be dead you could be dead in the next few moments we definitely know stories about that it's definitely being true and getting back to this situation with bill being on the out with the, the Abbott brothers, yeah. Uh, you, you you put in put in your report that you feel the still was part of a secret plot to assassinate Dime because at the time, uh, Dime Bag and Vinny had a different band called Damage Plan, which kicked the major tail. Um, why do you think Phil was involved in this, or do you, do you think it was it was because Phil? Well, Phil, that's that's where the Jill Abbott is my secret weapon. She comes in very handy at this point because of the depth of our friendship. Right. And we were not dating at any time. 
just so people understand that. We were just friends. Um, she told me a lot. She told me a lot before she was going to really tell me the rest of the story. And I was able to, through my uh, investigating after she died, I talked to several different people around in her world, uh, family members even, that um, in, in terms of uh, people that were very, very close to her. I actually spoke to one of them for a couple of hours and I learned a lot. So, uh, and, and just as any investigator does, in my case, I'm a civilian investigator. I'm not being paid to, to, to do this detective work, but as any good, as, as any good investigator does, when you're speaking to somebody who's a, who's an actual, uh, family member, someone that, you know, that to this, to this murder victim, um, you know, you have to take it very seriously. And so I do. And with my reporting, that's, that's what we're doing. I'm just putting the facts out there. You know, the, the facts in this case are the, this girl was terrified of Phil and Selma. She fled New Orleans at one point to leave, to leave the situation there, to go back to LA. And I was told that Phil went back to LA to get her. And because again, and now my wife was hit on Phil. Right when he first got in the band, he, my wife had been seen. She was already hanging out with the band and stuff years before that when they were first coming up uh, as a cover band here in the Fort Worth scene um, during that glam metal era. Era, and um, you know, wearing the spandex and all that stuff and the crazy big hair and you know, uh, yeah, she would make fun of Dime because Dime had a she said had a big afro, you know, and I, I'd laugh and stuff, and so she would tell me all the stories. Yeah, she. She said, I don't know how the girls go crazy for him with that big old afro, you know, but uh, but she said he sure was talented, you know, and he was funny as hell. And so she yeah, she used to she used to hang with the brothers. And uh, one of the things that Vinnie Paul would love to do is show off his uh, his his Dallas Cowboys memorabilia and um, yeah. anything to do with the Cowboys, man. He just lo he loved the Cowboys. And so uh, hopefully they'll win it for him this year, man. But um uh, you know they were special. They were special cats, man. They were they were cut from a different uh, cloth completely, and um, they were brought up by a good father and a good family man. Yeah, and he was he was a music guy, so he <clears throat> he taught them how to how to how to how to use and work the studio. He actually taught uh, you know that's why Vinnie Paul was so was so talented. Um, these guys knew the ins and outs of of recording in the studio. And then they were, you know, gung-ho about performing live. You know, uh, Dimebag was winning guitar contests as a teenager here, here in the, the DFW area. And he started, he started winning so many of them that they were like, you can't, we can't keep giving you the prize. You know, we're going to have to, going to make you like the honorary judge, you know. And so, uh, you know, when, when he's a teenager, you know, so Dimebag was already a legend before, before Pantera even really got going, brother. And, uh... It's uh, 18 years. It's I, I I can't believe it's been. It's literally gone by like the snap of a finger. Uh, when you're doing something that you love and that you enjoy, and you're not there's I don't have a boss cracking a whip over me. Okay, um, that's 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 the trade off. You know, um, so <clears throat> it's a it's a it's a crazy crazy uh, life to be in the rock and roll business. There's no doubt about it. It it, it eats people up whole spits them out and and they don't ever return okay um I'm, and i see this daily and so you know to still be doing it 18 years later and to have the following that i have and have have had the impact that i've had uh with with my uh my work as a, as a rock and roll journalist uh it's an honor and and i don't take it lightly and and, and i continue to 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 try to to do the best i can to represent uh that that aura, that that mystique of Dimebag Daryl, that um, that bravado, you know, that just that straight up Texas um, gung ho 
spirit and attitude that Dimebag had. And so I try to I try to bottle that up and I try to that's what the metal den is about. And so I try to give everybody a 31 flavors of heavy metal.